0: Uh, we've been sitting here for six days so far. So far. Uh, each one of us has been giving some talks, and we've been staring each other in the face. <laughs> uh, if you have any questions, if anybody has a question, um, please uh, raise your hand.
1: We should, use, we should use this oh
0: Let's speak into it like right. Is that speak into this thing?
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, well, I was, I was really moved by uh, your talk tonight, Max. Um, and it uh, helped bring some illumination to a question of having an enduring heart in, a, in the time that we're in. And I wanted to maybe draw any of you or, yeah, any of you out on the question of um, a socially engaged Buddhist practice um, feels particularly important right now and wanted to know if any or all of you have any kind of vision for that.
0: Well, um, do you have any vision for that? I do, yeah. Yeah, well what would you say? Uh. Well, I wanted to hear you (laughs) all, but... this is such a big subject. Yeah. So if we could, you know, if you could say about this or this part of it, Uh that would make make it easier. Okay. It's like saying, what is Buddhism, you know?
1: Well,
2: um, I wasn't really prepared to give you my response, but... (laughs) uh, (laughs) Uh, I could say that, um, for me particularly, uh, looking at my daily actions okay. and the, uh, the implications my daily actions have, uh, um, one thing that's been on my mind in this retreat is the importance of a vegetarian diet, um, and uh, I've, I've been really moved by um, all of us, or most of us, I guess, engaging in, in, in that together. And I think that's one way that we can bring compassion kind of integrated
0: into our lives.
2: Um, I could list many more, but... You didn't
0: have to. Yeah. So, you're thinking of engaged Buddhism in a local sense.
2: In a local sense, and then also in, a, in an activist sense. What, yeah. what can Buddhism contribute to mm-hmm. um, the, the struggles that we're having yes. uh, culturally?
0: Well, um, you know, in the past, Buddhism hasn't been here very long, so uh, there has not been a lot of uh, too much opportunity for engaged Buddhism, Buddhism as as a uh, body, to having a big effect on the situation today. When I think of engaged Buddhism, I think of um, all the starving people in. Uh, the refugees coming to europe and uh, all the children who are um uh whose parents have been destroyed and whose countries have been destroyed and have and how they're going to grow up and, and uh that those enormous problems um, whether we're vegetarians that's good you know for us to prepare ourselves to really it, it starts with us right so I, I guess engage, the, the problems of the world are so overwhelming, right? So where did we start? It starts with us. How do I engage myself? In what? Um, uh, I, I remember in the past, well, when I started to practice, when we opened Tassajara as a uh, monastery, in fourteen miles into the mountains, uh, there were uh, students from uh, all over who came to practice there, and we had to provide food for all of them, and we d- couldn't go to the grocery store to, to get something we wanted. We had to bring in everything, and we created a little city. Um, so we um uh, we had various um uh w- ways of supporting ourselves and that is there were the microbiotic movement people there were mucusless um uh diet people there were we had all these food this was in, in nineteen uh, uh uh how to take care of eat the this group of people who are used to eating different kinds of food and come from different places and we had to create a, a harmonious way of, of practicing together. Uh, and out of that came uh, 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 the Tazahara bread book, the Tazahara t- tofu book. And another we we kind of started that movement of uh, not a vegetarian movement but a healthy food movement and that was part of our practice way in the mountain way deep in the mountains um, so that you know that kind of addresses your your question um, and uh, so we've been kind of in the forefront of uh the New Age Food Movement, um, the Zen Cookbook, the the, the, uh, the Zen Bread br- uh, um, Bread Book, and so forth, and uh, learning how to um, e- uh, uh, grow our own food. So. Um, Uh, taking care of you. Uh, um, I think this movement is already happening. When I think of engaged Buddhism, I think somewhat politically. Actually, politically is the way I think about it. <laughs> We've already engaged the food thing, but the political thing is so enormous. Uh, that I, I don't think we can ignore that. We don't like to name names, but we know what's going on. And uh, how to actually address that. We used to do marches all around the... Um, uh, the. Uh, we sent letters to the government complaining about the Iran-Contra stuff way back then. <laughs> and uh, uh, forming a ring around the... Um, the uh, uh, the, the um, Lawrence lab uh, uh, the uh, so we we did marches and we're out in the streets so engaged Buddhism is kind of like what about the Burma you know what what about all the, the Rohingya and how do we it's so enormous it's like we call it a, a mosquito biting an iron bull it a kind of Zen term, mosquito biting an iron bowl. Uh, uh, does it have an effect? How can we be effective? That's engaged Buddhism to me. Um, um, all these things are, but... Uh, so my bottom line is right and wrong, good and bad are happening in the world, and this will always be happening, but you have to stand for something whether it's whether you win or lose you have to um be on the side of of what we call good <laughs> doing good things to the world that help the world and uh, so if we say engaged buddhism it's not me by myself it's all of us together if, if to have an, to be effective it has to be all of us together and so there is a movement, an engaged Buddhism movement, but not everybody's engaged with it. So if you would like to be engaged with it, there are ways to do that. Definitely ways to do that. There's an engaged Buddhism uh, movement, and I can line you up with that if you like.
2: Uh, I'm aware of the movement. I was just wondering about your all's ideas and and how you all engage uh, from a a Buddhist perspective with the world. But I'll I'll let somebody else ask questions now, too. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a big subject.
3: I was just wondering, um, can we have a mindful pillow fight or something tonight to to celebrate the the closing of the retreat? (laughs) Um,
0: Why not? (laughs) I'm not clear about the difference between equanimity and tranquility. Could somebody speak to that a little bit? is this a question? I thought I was. The questions were for, for me, but
3: yeah, yeah, it's for him. You
0: can that. A- anybody's fine. I'm not choosing.
2: If you don't know the answer, you should be a quantumist and calm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Between what? Eternity and tranquility.
0: Uh
3: huh.
0: Well, tranquility. Um, is like um, uh, tranquility. Is like a pond of water. You come upon a pond of water, and there's no ripple at all, and it's in, in a in a wonderful setting with trees, and uh, it's cool, and you sit down, and you and you and the pond become one. That's tranquility. Equanimity. Yeah. Is that what you said? equal Equanimity is um, where you have perfect balance between an elephant and uh, uh, a mouse. They're totally equal. If you can, um, if you can see the, the equality of a mouse and an elephant then you've got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they equally exist. Yes, they exist and equ- as equals. <laughs> they balance each other. But one is way over here and the other one's here.
1: Mary? Yeah. You spoke about uh, self-centered, yes, and Buddha-centered, yes. And I know all about self-centered. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk more about what but is what is instance. it to be Buddha-centered in your life?
0: Yeah. Um, it means that whatever you do uh, as a self-centered person. Um, You ask Buddha if it's okay. Is this okay? Is this okay? So Then you answer yourself. It's not okay. Or it is okay. So you're asking the questions and Buddha's answering. And sometimes Buddha, before you ask the question, Buddha will say, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. So you're a two-headed beast. One is you and the other is Buddha, and you talk to each other without being schizophrenic. You're always getting Buddha's opinion, but you already know that's the problem. We already know what the problem is, but we ask the questions anyway.
3: for those of us <coughs> for those of us for whom it's our first retreat oh. and um, I know there's qu- a few of, quite a few of us here um, and for those of us who always kind of like to know what to expect who I think is probably everyone um, do you have any suggestions on kind of you know going back into daily life uh, just kind of what to expect and I guess kind of how to uh, how to um, readapt I guess
0: yeah, what how, how do you make a transition back into your daily life?
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) That's always a good question. Yes. Um, You know, we all have different circumstances in our life. So, uh, each one of us, um, when we go back into, it's not going back, actually. You can never go back it's going forward into your back.
1: <laughs> 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 so,
0: so think of it as going forward. Everything is new. This is where you left. You, know, you came and, and you dropped a lot of stuff. Right. And you come out of, it, of this shell. And you, as a new chicken, a new chick. You go back and you see everything new and different. You see things in a way that uh, it's the same thing that you see, but you see it in a different way. And so you should be open to not making judgments. Just totally open. This is um, uh, um, serenity, your calm mind, which you have now, and um, uh, samadhi. We're not aware of our samadhi power, necessarily. But when you go back, samadhi power will be to just stay open without judgments about anything. Then you will form your judgments when things happen. But your judgments should not be centered Yourself, but should be um, to see things clearly. That should be a goal when you step out to see things in a new way. Um, Enlightenment, you know, is not to see something different, but to see the same thing with different eyes. So, um, uh, to meet everything in a new, not a new way, but in an open way. Before judgments, before our old, uh, because our conditioning has been minimized. So don't depend on your conditioning that much. Thank you. You're welcome. I like, you you were sitting there the whole time, not moving, and I was wondering what you were like. (laughs) <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes.
3: On the first evening, you um, spoke about how um, you weren't sure whether or not you were going to make it because you had trouble with your yes. uh, your knee. So I wanted to know h- h- how's it been and how are you feeling?
0: Well. Uh, strangely enough, I didn't know how I was going to um, uh, deal with the problem I had with my legs, right? But I wasn't worried about it. I just did not worry about it. I just, I'll just see how it is. That's all. And as it, because of that, or in spite of that, um, it's been easier and easier to sit all every day. So usually, you know, we come to sheen, and it gets harder and harder because, <laughs> but it's been getting easier and easier. So that's good. And uh, my knee was really in bad shape for a couple of months. You know, it's all swollen up and all this. So little by little, but I've been sitting long enough that I always sit through everything. I've never let anything stop me. So I just—that's just my attitude, and I, I just have confidence bad as it was, that it would work out.
3: Is it equanimity? Yeah. Equanimity.
0: <laughs> Definitely equanimity. <laughs> yeah. I didn't let my mind get overturned. I think that's part of equanimity is not being overturned.
3: I uh, used to live in San Francisco for quite a while, and uh, every day I passed legion of homeless people, and I felt very sad. Um, I think it's similar to reading the news every day mm-hmm. and feeling angry. Uh, so I see maybe. Indifference around me uh, I don't know if that's what it is, so the question is what to do about it? Mm-hmm. What to do with these feelings
0: Yes, okay, that's a good question. What do you do with those feelings of when you pass the homeless people? We're all homeless, but in different ways, but um, sometimes I, I carry money, so when I walk down the street, I give it to people who who are asking for it um uh the city and the county and the state and all that uh, you know it's a big problem for everybody, so what do you do individually right sometimes it's really good to walk down the street and smile at people I think that's really really good B- people appreciate it when you smile you recognize who they are or no know who they are, but you recognize you smile and they and recognize them, and they really appreciate that that So you can't solve all their monetary problems or their housing problems or, you know, you can't do that. And uh, if you could, you would, and it would be all solved. (laughs) So they're big problems that uh, even, you know, nobody can solve. Um, But you can smile and you can give them some money and you can share something with them talk to them. uh, um, I think that's pretty good, because we feel helpless. And when you feel helpless, just do something. Just do anything. That, well, um, you're not curing the problem, but uh, you're um, doing something that uh, uh, makes a connection. It's it's you know people stand there with their signs, <laughs> right? And you're driving your car, and you stop at the stop sign, and you can't, re- can't reach into your pocket because the signal's going to start change, you know, and and, and your chain, and your wallets in your pocket, and you want to give them something, but you ding and time to go, the <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of frustration. So we live in in this. Lot of frustration. Just do something, anything that is a bond. That's my. That's what I do. And uh, if you have, you know, if you're part of a Zen center or uh, Vipassana center or something like, w- uh, we um, uh, have a, uh, uh, a homeless meal. That we once a week or once a month or something, we um, we cook for the homeless. We, uh, our, our Zen Center, and and uh, San Francisco Zen, Zen Center does stuff like that too. So participate, you know, in something like that. You can participate. They're, you can volunteer to feed people uh, if you get a hold of some organization that is um, feeding them.
3: As a corollary, can can joy exist? That's joy. Well, for example, I didn't feel joy last November 8th, and I, I don't feel joy when I walk in the streets of San Francisco, Yeah, my home.
0: You well, know. you know, there are things that are crushing for us, and so at that moment, you're not feeling joy. People get slaughtered, you're not feeling joy, right? But joy is there, underneath, so that, when the opportunity arises, joy arises. If joy wasn't there all the time, you wouldn't have access to it. So joy has nothing to do, I don't say it has nothing to do with circumstances. Circumstances make us happy, circumstances make us sad, circumstances crush us and all this. But joy is not dependent on that Joy is something very deep in our psyche in our being um, that allows us to actually live. It's a sustaining aspect of life itself and you don't always feel it, but it's there and it's a it's a sustaining factor so yeah.
4: I have I have had for a while an understanding of Dharma with a capital D as being the teachings of the historical Buddha and also sometimes having an understanding that it, and I'm not quite sure about this, that it means truth or natural law, things as, they're, as they are. I think it was Gill when he was speaking of the or sickness, old age, death, and then the renunciant, that, that he, I heard him say that that was a person studying the Dharma, and I don't think that I had heard that before. So that term was in use before it came to mean the teachings of the historical oh, I Buddha?
0: See, I see what you're saying, yes. Yeah, he said that the Dharma before the Dharma. right? <laughs> well, in... Um, Historic, historical Buddhism, which is historical. Um, fr- in, in our Zen practice, we talk about the, the innumerable Buddhas before Buddha.
4: Amitabha Buddha and well, Amitabha
0: a little different than that. Okay, it's a lineage of, like when when Shakyamuni, according to the legend, was walking along he's uh, the path. He saw this other path down there that. Um, covered with brush. He said, I'm going to take that path, see what's going on down there. So he went down there and he said, I just discovered this, I didn't, it didn't start from me. It didn't start from me. I happened to discover this path uh, of the innumerable Buddhas before Buddha. We talk about the seven Buddhas before Buddha, but it's seven is just, you know, so that you don't get lost <laughs> in numbers. <laughs> So the Dharma is not dependent on Shakyamuni. So uh, there are, you know, shramanas before Shakyamuni who had the Dharma. It's not the exclusive property of Buddhism. We just access it, call it Buddhism.
4: Neither of these questions need to be answered now, but that your response evokes for me, who or what is shamana, and then why is Amitabha Buddha not part of the seven?
0: Because Amitabha is, um, a, 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 um, um, uh, It's um, I don't know. Great. (laughs) I got two of those out of you now.
4: (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you for being here with us this week. It's been incredibly inspiring to me to have you here, sitting with us session after session after session, and walking with us and talking with us. So I wanted to thank you so much. And my understanding is you've had more than 50 years of um, Buddhist life. And I'm wondering if you'd share with us um, a bit about your path, what brought you to Buddhism, and the things that have inspired you. and through these 50 plus years and through the struggles that I'm sure you've encountered uh, in the practice. Um, oh. Thank you, and your well, wisdom. That's <laughs> a
0: tall story. <laughs> I mean, it's a long story. Um, but I can make it short. Um, well, uh, somebody uh, took me to, the short version is, somebody took me to Sokoji Temple in San Francisco, which was, um, where Zen Center began in 1964, my teacher Suzuki Roshi came in 1959, but the Zen Center, and he started sitting in in, um, in the pews of this old synagogue. That's why there's so many Jews here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, the Japanese congregation had uh, bought this uh, synagogue, so. Um, he was sitting in the pews and and people called him up and he invited them to come and sit with him and that's where when Ho Center started and so I came fairly early nineteen sixty four and uh, uh, practiced there with suzuki and and the Sangha and as it grew and then nineteen sixty seven uh um, we started uh, our mo- a monastery called at Ta- uh, Tassahara Zen Mountain Center, the Tassahara Springs, and we were very fortunate. That it, what I find interesting is that the Buddhists are getting some of the have been getting some of the most wonderful real estate <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm totally mouse dropped at this place, so. Um, Tassajara, what became the first um, Zen monastery, or maybe Buddhist monastery in America. And then um, uh, we have a big city center in San Francisco, and a a big uh, center in um, Marin County called Green Gulch. And in 1967, um, we started the Berkeley Zen Center, and Suzuki Roshi asked me to find the place. So we found it, and uh developed the Berkeley Zen Center and um and eventually I became the abbot of the Berkeley Zen Center and then in um 19, six, uh, 1988 uh I became co-abbot of San Francisco Zen Center at the same time that I was still abbot of Berkeley Zen Center until 1989, 98, 97, 88 to 97, I was co-abbot with um, Reb Anderson. And uh, so um, I haven't had any hard times.
1: <laughs>
0: it's all been fairly fairly easy, <laughs> truly. Well, I did have hard times, but i not got to tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, the practice has developed, it's, it's been just been opening up and developing, and I've just been doing what I've been doing, and um, Zen Center has gone through some very difficult times, uh, and but I, I, I don't want to tell you about those difficult times. Um, so we just had our fiftieth anniversary of the Berkeley Zen Center this year, last month. And it was a we had a wild party. It was really good. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <coughs> So we built a uh, uh, the Berkeley Zen Center, you know, is um uh four houses and I um, you know, our original place in, in Berkeley was uh, a big house, and we we built the zendo in the attic, but it was a rented uh, uh, a rental, and we were there for twelve years, but we always wanted to have our own place, and uh, but the landlord just kept stringing us along, and so we were always looking for a place, and somebody, one of our members. Um, Said that she knew this man who wanted to sell us these four houses on two lots, so and we ended up buying them when we didn't have any money. We had an enthusiastic sangha, <laughs> but we, we had about twenty thousand dollars, and this was when the housing prices were just shooting up, um, nineteen. Sixty-seven, no, nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah, twelve years after. So, um, we did buy this property, and people gave us loans, un- unsecured loans, <laughs> and we 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 did we baked brownies <laughs> and sold them in parks. <laughs> uh, and uh, and um, uh, what's that? It's not that that brought in a lot of money, but it created an enthusiasm. It created uh, the, uh, um, it, it got everybody going. You know, wor- so my idea was I wanted a grassroots place. I didn't want a place that was where people gave us a lot of money. And I wanted us to do it by ourselves because doing it by ourselves meant that it was our, pro- our project and, and it belonged to the, to the sangha. I never thought that the place belonged to me. It, it was the sangha building their own grassroots um, zendo. So um, uh, as time went on, n- not too long, we, in order to accommodate or make it into a practice place, we took one building uh, and remodeled it and made it into a zendo. And we took another building that was two stories, and we lifted it up and made it three stories. And we did all the work ourselves, except the lifting up of the building. As it turns out, um, when you have a project, carpenters arrive. This is the law of Buddhist practice. (laughs) 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 And then they leave. When it's all done, it because they like doing this kind of work. They like, you know, it's unusual carpentry and a lot of it's joinery and you know they like doing all that stuff. So um, we built the whole place ourselves, basically, and um, we have people practicing with us that have been practicing with us for 50 years, 40 years, 50 years. It's kind of turned into a family you know, thing, because so many people have, have been there so long. And we like to have younger people coming in, but I like the older people.
1: <laughs>
0: because I think that maturity, people come here when they're mature, come to practice more when they're mature. I, I, I think a lot of younger people need to do, be out in the world for a while before they actually start practicing they need to, to see the problems why they need to come to practice but i'm not saying that should be that way but i think it is like that and uh you know a lot of times older people um when they they come when they're younger and then they leave for 10 years and then they come back and start practicing again but with a different attitude good attitude and when they come back it's just like hi and they you know <laughs> just like you haven't been gone <laughs> because the zendo has such a steady feeling that it's always the same <laughs> and when they come back it's just always the same they fit right in anyway so th- i'm i really like the fact that we have always done our own work sometimes we've had to hire people to do things when you know from time to time but mostly we've done all the work ourselves and uh, uh Oh time dad. We're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs>